Traveling the Vortex. Join the doctor as she travels the vortex and arrive at episode 531. Tag, you're it. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. How are you doing? Not too bad. I am a bit tired. <laughs> I just figured that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys do any fun, anything fun in the last week and a half? I, I watched She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. Yay. Oh, we're all finished with She-Hulk now. Yay. Yeah. And? I, was, I enjoyed the ending. I, I did thought it was too. very, very clever, very meta. I did, too. I still wish the show had been more about her than a parade of cameos, but overall, I enjoyed it. Oh, I th- I, I think the cameos made it fun. I, I actually sort of expected more cameos than we got, to be honest with you, but um, I thought they were fun. I thought they were... I mean, that's that's what the show was. Was it was the you know uh, sitcom for the Marvel universe, and I think by doing that and having the cameo of the week, although we had a few people that cameoed a little more often than others, but yeah. I and mean, keep in mind, Wong counts for like five. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> until they named it, this was Phase Wong, so. <laughs> I also watched Werewolf by Night, which was phenomenal. Yeah, what that, a good. Was, that is that was so really good. good. So good. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Yep, I agree. Starting with the CBS style uh, special presentation intro, it kind of was like, well, yeah. you had me at hello. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, that the tone, the visuals, all of it was just fantastic. I'm glad that's what imagery you got to, Sean, because as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's just like that special that spun, you know, and had the different colors. It was so cool. Have you kind guys crossed between that and the old uh, HBO open? <laughs> Have you guys come across the uh, trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Yes. <laughs> that looks so good. <laughs> And the Ant-Man Quantumania yeah. trailer looks yeah. phenomenal. It does. I I, I keep thinking, I, I, it's the best trailer I've seen in a long time, but I think part of it is because they're they're playing to my nostalgia because they're playing that Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road song well, with it, and yeah. it just works so well. Well, and just the visuals of it, it's, it's engaging. It's, whoa, that is yeah. unique and different and not something you've seen before so right, that makes it even right. even more exciting because it looks so different i tell you but that song and those visuals uh work as well as immigrant song and the thor ragnarok i mean it, it is on par with that trailer for for impact i think yeah yeah mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in it because there was no Mac and me clip. I, I really was, was kind of hoping that Paul Rudd would have pulled one over on us. But <laughs> I watched the Munsters. Oh, the, oh, zombie. the Rob and? Zombie one. What did I, you, you know, think? I liked it. I think, uh, for personally, it it's very meddling in some parts. Uh, I think there are certain jokes that don't land, but when the jokes do land, they're funny. I think it has, for 
me going into it going, okay, what is Rob Zombie going to do to my beloved Munsters? I think he they really captured the spirit of the TV series from the 60s. I think that the performers did a good job with the roles that they were cast in, especially since he cast, and, and they're capable actors, but he cast, you know, friends. He cast, it's like he was making a fan film, you know. He cast <laughs> people he knew. He cast people that had been in films before. And they're professional actors, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I did, it. It's not, you know, the best movie of the year or anything, but it, it's one that I would go back and watch. Um, and I giggled a bit. And uh, I had a lot of fun, so that was that's what I thought. Hmm. I, as a kid, if you had given me a choice as a kid growing up between watching the Munsters or the Adams Family, I'd pick the Munsters every single time, hands down. Um, I just I just gravitated to that show more, and so I was fairly excited that we were finally getting a Munsters uh, movie. And I was a little apprehensive about Rob Zombie, but it's like, well, that's, you know, the dude's a competent director. And I want to give him props for being able to pull off that very kitschy 60s TV show style. Because it really does look like something that would have aired on TV. You think so? I think so. I, I just the the way it was shot. It looks like it was, um, you know, it doesn't look like a movie. It mm-hmm. it, it, it looks and feels kind of like a TV show. But oh man, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> we we tried, um, and I'll be honest. I turned it off about forty eight minutes into it. I didn't really? even finish it. So wow. Tell me, does it get better? Because there's uh, a part of me that really wants to go back and finish it. Well, the the anomaly but, of that film, I think, is it does not have a. It feels like a sitcom because it does not have a. What am I looking for? There's there's no particular struggle. The the bad guy in it gets their way, and displaces them, and that's kind of the path of the film. And I think that it felt like a just like he we were going from point a to point b without any tension and drama and things that you get from a normal film but on the flip side i didn't really care because i was sort of enjoying being with these characters and um so i i know what you mean it doesn't get it doesn't hit the notes that a movie does normally but it also doesn't fall down on its storytelling because it does tell a complete story from, you know, beginning to end. And it does serve somewhat as a prequel to the TV series. Yeah. Yeah. I can see what they were going for. It just, Oh, I always, I, 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 the, the performances were fine. I, I chuckled at a couple of Herman's jokes, <laughs> you know, the bad puns and whatnot, but it, it just, it just laid there and it, didn't have any energy and there was a part of me that was thinking maybe as i've gotten older maybe i have you know now that we've had a couple of really good adams family movies maybe i've come to appreciate the sophistication of that show a little bit more than the monsters but i i don't know maybe maybe i've aged out of it i have no idea what it was it just it just was lacking for me and i just was like eh. huh. and mel and shy checked out early they were like nope <laughs> and so I stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. And eventually I was like, I, I can't do it. I just can't stick with this anymore. Huh. So maybe I'll try and finish it off later. But It's got Sylvester McCoy in it. 
I know. I was so excited <laughs> to see Sylvester McCoy playing Igor. There, there's a really good explanation for why Igor in the film is a man, and in the TV series, Igor's the bat. It, there's a there's a very very good reason for that. I don't know if you got that far, and I don't know if I, I didn't was, get that far. I don't know if I want to spoil it for anybody, but okay, hold on to it then. I'll there's on. a really good reason why. Uh, they're gonna pull me back in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was surprised that uh, Sylvester McCoy got as much screen time as he did too. He had more screen time in this than he did in Dracula. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not that that would take much, but he had oh, more screen time in this than he, than he did in the uh, uh, Power of the Doctor. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> he, he he almost had more screen time in what I saw than he did in Doctor Who the movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> almost, uh, almost. Did you guys watch anything else? I was too busy traveling. Oh, yeah. How was your trip? Brief summary. Good. Brief summary. Brief, 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 brief summary. It was very nice. We oh. uh, we went on a cruise and uh, traveled uh, via Carnival to the Bahamas and uh, did all kinds of excursions and swam with stingrays and dolphins and sharks and uh, 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 sea otters or sea lions. What are they? Sea lions. And... Uh, yeah, just just had a, an amazing time. Did not get to sit on the deck and read as much as I would have liked because we were so busy with everything else. And then the last day, we decided, well, you know, the boat arrives in Miami at 8, and our plane doesn't fly out of Miami until 5. We don't really want to hang out at the airport for all that time. So let's do another excursion in Miami. So uh, we went to the Everglades, uh, mm. which is not my scene, just for the record. <laughs> They, uh, it was fascinating. Don't get me wrong. I did not know the Everglades is a river um, because it's, it's a it's a flowing, moving body of water. Um, I've always thought it was a swamp. Um, and even after this very educational experience, you will not convince me otherwise because there were gators. Because <laughs> like, there were gators doesn't mean it's a swamp. It's, it's a swamp. Uh, but, uh, they took us out in an airboat and we saw gators and, and herring and uh, you know, the big birds and, uh, you know, all the wildlife and, and that kind of stuff and uh, had some very educational times and then got back on the tour bus on the way home and got a flat tire going back to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing. I am just dying. And everybody on the on the, on the the bus is looking at me like, I'm going to miss my flight. I'm going to, and they're all looking at me like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm on vacation. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You miss your flight, in which case. You're still on vacation. Who cares? Vacation. You know, I, all you can do is laugh. At and then I tried to instigate a mutiny. I was like, you know what we ought to do is we should hijack the next tour bus that comes along. And we'll leave those people stranded on the side of the road. And we'll, 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 we'll just, we'll just Shanghai their, their, their transport and, and go riding off to the airport. I couldn't get enough people on board with the idea, but <laughs> No, nobody wanted to commit road piracy. I don't know. There, there was no Florida man on my What's bus. up with I that? I know, right? But uh, So we didn't get home until like, I don't know, one thirty on uh, 
<laughs> the following morning. It was a very long day, but no, it was a very good trip. We had lots of fun, and Shai was exposed to all kinds of new things, and uh, we're already planning the next one. So Nice. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Who-niverse. On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about news. We got a new logo for the foreseeable future. Where to, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I kind and... of expected us not to have any news because of the, the new special dropping. And then all of a sudden yeah. BBC was like, oh, no, but wait, there's more. Well, I think that's just it. They felt like they can, okay, now we can we can move forward and announce all this stuff because now we've gotten this, this special out of the way. We've got Jody's regeneration behind us. So now let's go forth, which I, I think it, rightfully so. And I'm glad that they did wait because it seemed like we were getting so much information. You know, I complained about it before we were getting so much information that wasn't uh centenary special. We were getting so much stuff that was, you know, 60th anniversary special. So I'm glad they yeah. held off for some of this stuff because now I can get excited for the 60th anniversary. What do you guys think of the new logo? Oh, you don't even have to ask us. It's that's a that's a Tom Baker logo. <laughs> that's the classic logo. <laughs> that is the Tom Baker logo. If there's if there's two guys that are in love with a logo, that it's us. <laughs> it makes me think that it's going to be just a placeholder logo for a little bit until and Shudi Gatwa getting a different logo beyond this. Do you think so? It's that's just my gut. I think, although. It's already designed, so you wouldn't have to spend a lot of money on it. But it seems to me that if they're putting that out there, depending, I suppose it depends on how much stuff is packaged with that between yeah. now and then. If we see it turning up on packaging, I don't see. I see that being the logo going forward for a while, because they 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 spend a lot of money to do that. So, and if he's taking over in twenty twenty five, then I just I really think that. It, I guess time will tell if they stick with that logo or if we see that logo crop up on everything over the next year, I think you can pretty much expect it to stick around. Well, it's the diamond anniversary. So the fact that they brought back the diamond logo makes a certain amount of sense. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. It makes a certain amount of sense that they would use it for just that year or for just the three specials that David Tennant's going to do and then, and then move on to something new and original. That's a good point. But at the same time, I could see them sticking with it for a while because it is, as somebody else pointed out, um, it might've been Chrissy. I think that I saw an article that she had written on it. Um, you know, if, if there's any truth to the BBC kind of wanting to maybe backtrack a little bit, uh, from the, 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 the quote unquote tri- Chibnall disaster, if you want to, if you want to go all the way into that kind of, uh, thinking with it, uh, that, you know, okay, we're going to bring back, RTD, we're going to bring back David Tennant, and we're going to bring back one of the most recognizable logos in the show history uh, to hit that nostalgia button. It is kind of a complete reset in a lot of ways to to try and lure fans back in. So in a way, it kind of makes sense that they would 
uh, stick with it for a while. Well, but, I hundred percent agree that that it's it is a calculated move to especially mm-hmm. win back classic fans. But yeah, if uh, I, I, I will take things that I never expected to see make a comeback <laughs> for, for, for five hundred. <laughs> right. As soon as that came up, I was like, <gasps> right, <laughs> just yeah. knock me over with a feather. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I actually so thought old. it was a joke at first. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is this has got to be a, a hoax. Yeah, it's a fan, fan thing. Name. Yeah. But then I looked at it. I was like, wait, this is from the BBC. This is official. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Is it, is it April? <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, Internet. Shame on me. No, no, this is a real deal. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, I am. I am beyond jazzed. I think it's very classy. I think it's cool looking. I think it. I think it fits the. The 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 very sleek the, the aesthetic yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Fits the aesthetic of the show with the kind of the regeneration energy, flowing around the who. It's like the logo has regenerated. Yeah. And in some ways, it, it, it has chosen to revisit an old face. Yes, as, <laughs> as, as we will discuss later on in this podcast. Uh, what do you think of the announcement? Although I think it was not a surprise to me that the we got the announcement that they have indeed uh, entered into a partnership with Disney Plus to air uh, further or new adventures in, on uh Disney Plus that that didn't surprise me because we knew they had been in talks and in fact we even sort of discussed the benefits of that uh before but I think ideally what Disney Plus will do despite what you think of Disney uh what Disney Plus will do is it will bring a new audience to the series because I think one of the things that I'm most frustrated about Doctor Who right now is while it is it has caught on and become mainstream it still does not reach as many people as I expect it should. And I think no, part of that really is because it's regulated to BBC America. I think part of that is because it's under advertised and I think it's under dis- uh, distributed. And I think that uh, Amazon and uh, HBO Max both were kind of trying to do that, but they never really did it as well as they could have. And I think Disney Plus will do that and make it, you know, be a, a, uh, a, a, a product that it deserves to be. So I'm actually very happy to see it going to Disney, not just because I'm a huge Disney fan, not just because I have Disney Plus already and it will make it easier for me to see those, but I think it, it gives, it'll get really good exposure to a show being distributed or, or, you know, streamed by a powerhouse company like Disney. Well, and especially if the new episodes are dropping in a timely manner from when they air in the UK. I mean, right now you have to either have BBC America or AMC plus in order to watch the new episodes as they come out. And those aren't widespread, widespread platforms for a lot of people. Right. So having Disney plus is a very widespread platform that will have a lot more access for the new episodes. Now the articles don't really say. I'm assuming that the classic episodes won't be on there. Not yet, and I think that that I think we can presume that from the fact that it says will be the home of new episodes of Doctor Who from here on out. I think is yeah. I may be paraphrasing. That being said, I have a feeling that Disney would uh, probably negotiate the rest of the stuff once contracts run out with other. Uh, distributors. Britbox obviously has uh, the rights to the original content uh, to the classic series. 
I think that they're probably going to have to wait until their agreements with Warner Brothers run out for anything from 2005 to present. And then yeah, I think I, be, I think once too. that happens, then I think we'll see that catalog maybe make its way to Disney Plus so that everything Doctor Who will be over there. So you read it the same way as I did, that everything starting in 2023 will be on Disney Plus, but anything before that won't. Yeah, that that's how I read it. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think it's starting with David Tennant. And then uh, I, I was joking with Odd Duck Phil about this because he asked that same question. I said, yeah, everything's starting with David Tennant. And then I had to stop and go, well, the second David Tennant. And then I had to stop and go, well, third the third David, David Tennant. Tennant. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I, I can see De- Disney definitely, once the HBO Max deal is, is done, negotiating for the rights to the 2005 and on series. I think they would be very cautious about bringing on classic who based on viewing figures at that point um because as we've said before classic who while we all love it it's kind of still a niche thing and once the brand grows and it becomes the global hit that we all think it should be is there still going to be a, a demand for wobbly sets and and foam rubber monsters and and uh you know some of this other stuff that is a little more kitschy and and, and niche. Um, and Disney I know may Disney or may has not a lot of kitschy and niche stuff on their Disney Plus. I know it's a lot of their own product, but there seems to be a lot of that already there. Plus, there is multiple. Uh, not only does retro TV or uh, Pluto, Pluto have a per, uh, Roku has one too as yeah, a yeah. as a channel dedicated just to classic Doctor Who. So I don't know. I think people are recognizing it and seeing that there is an interest and a want to have it available. I also don't see it taking, because it's low resolution video, I don't see it taking up a lot of bandwidth. And Mm -hmm. so I can see Disney saying, well, we can relegate enough, you know, bandwidth on the side of a server here to have it included and be available to people because Disney, I mean, real realistically, there's a lot of stuff on there, but they want their catalog to be, huge they want their catalog to be worth keeping people around for uh disney plus and not being the you know prescribe or uh, subscribers that come and go as new shows come on there and so they're padding out their uh catalog and i i really see them thinking okay we have room for this let's just put it on there the other thing that i can see happening now i think the best thing that comes out of this is now they may have some of that money they need to go and animate more of these episodes. I think maybe because BBC is small potatoes compared to Disney and BBC was willing to pay BBC America was willing to pay for these um, animations to be done. I think I can see Disney doing the same. And I know there's people out there groaning right now going, Oh, I don't want to see a Disney animated. They're not going to do that. They're going to find some (laughs) production house. They're going to farm it out and it will be either BBC or whoever, uh, Torch, uh, not Torchwood, uh, Bad Bad Wolf, Wolf. whoever it is, will farm it out to somebody. And you're not going to see, you know, doe eyed princesses in Doctor Who. It's going to be probably more along the style that we've seen, but maybe even better quality animation. Who knows? But I think that the potential for getting more animated episodes uh, is there with that kind of money backing them, especially if they realize that, well, if we get the classic series, look how much new stuff we can bring to it, you know, by animating these episodes and them being there first 
and then released on DVD later. You know what I mean? Yeah, it also uh, opens up the doors uh, to the potential floodgates that Russell talked about with, you know, this uh, uh, multiverse yeah. of Doctor right, Who show right. that he wants to do. Yeah. And I think Disney Plus certainly, you know, makes that possible. The only potential downside, I mean, I living here in the States and already having Disney Plus, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's a slam dunk win. Um, the only potential downside that I can see is if you lived in a country where you didn't have Disney Plus, and now that it is the exclusive home for new episodes that were streaming, and they were no longer going to be on whatever channel you normally watch Doctor Who on, I could see that being a, a, a downside, because now you're forced to seek out Disney Plus, uh, and maybe or maybe not it's available in your country. I think most of the world has it now. There's only a couple, I think China's maybe one of the few exceptions, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I ha- probably know I wouldn't, but I have to wonder if there were stations. I mean, I, I almost was wondering if there were pla- how. I guess I don't know how like places like Australia, New Zealand, uh, some of the European countries. I don't know how they were getting it anyway. Were they getting it like us on a secondary channel like BBC America, or were they getting it you know next day on Amazon Prime or or those kind of streaming services anyway? Were they getting them day and date? I don't know. So yeah. you, you're right. I think that is a concern, but I don't know how they were already getting it. Maybe they were already having to wait or seek out ways in order to see it in their countries anyway. I don't know. Yeah, that's the only downside to it that I can see. Otherwise, I'm totally for it. I think Disney will take, and you know, like I said, they don't own it. They, they are not, uh, all they did was pay for the streaming rights. So they will be hosting it. Right. That's it. So... But they, I guarantee you, being the shrewd negotiator that I'm sure he is, they, they got a nice pretty penny for it, and they will use that money to to uh, make this a, a global thing now. So it's going to be weird. If you thought that if you thought the Matt Smith years were big, <laughs> <laughs> just just wait. Yeah, just wait. Something that people need to keep in mind too is that if you read the the way that the press release really reads, the BBC still has final say on everything. Above mm-hmm. and beyond, uh, above and beyond Bad Wolf, above and beyond Disney, they still have final say. So, if you're worried about stripping away a, a British institution, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, the BBC is still producing the episodes. Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items, and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. Well, let's move on to the really exciting stuff, unless we have any other news to talk about. And the other exciting stuff is, we finally, finally got Power of the Doctor! Yay! New Doctor Who! New Doctor Who! New Doctor Who! Hello, Doctor. Welcome to the end of your existence. A dozen of the world's leading seismologists have gone missing. Fifteen of the world's most valuable paintings have disappeared. 
Then I let you in on a little secret. A direct incursion on Earth is imminent. Has it never occurred to you that it could be a trap? This isn't the day you are erased forever. Bit of a conversation stopper. It's incredibly dangerous. It was a really bad idea. Anything could happen. I don't want it to end. Yes! Do you have a synopsis, Keith? I sure do. Ooh, let's hear it. Who is attacking a speeding bullet train on the edges of a distant galaxy? Why are seismologists going missing from 21st century Earth? Who is defacing some of history's most iconic paintings? Why is a Dalek trying to make contact with the Doctor? And just what hold does the mesmeric, mesmeric Rasputin have over Tsar Nicholas in 1916 in Russia? The Doctor faces multiple threats and a battle to the death. Somebody jump in. Oh, no done, done, done from Sean. Sean, I want, I want you to go first. I want you to go first so we can defend this thing. (laughs) 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 No, I I'll start. I loved it. I think, I think it's, I think it's chaotic. It feels like a lot of stuff shoved into it, but I think that it was the, it was the energetic fan service story that I think I was wanting out of a number one centenary special, number two, a send off for a doctor. Uh, and number three, just a way to see Jody out on, on a high note. Um, I think that while I think some of the writing maybe still suffered a bit, I think that this is probably Chimdall's best work. And I think, unfortunately, I think he finally started getting it from the time Flux started till now because i think even uh the christmas or not christmas new year special last year was good and with the exception of maybe uh the sea devils which i think was the probably flop i think all of that other stuff he was sort of he was sort of getting better and getting into his groove not that i wanted him to stay around for another year and see what he could do (laughs) but i think he really did finally start to get into his groove um, I, I found it quite interesting that they did not address uh, any more of the Timeless Child. He left that behind. I thought they were going there, especially with the cargo on that train. Spoilers, by the way. We just should stay say right here, right now, we're going to spoil this thing. And if you haven't watched it, stop listening, go watch it, and come back. Um, but the, the cargo that they were trying, that the Cybermen were trying to get on the train, when they open that up and it's the little girl... I wondered if maybe we were going to get some answers or maybe we were going to get a switcheroo on what Timeless Child actually was, that maybe it was a lie. I kind of of thought they were going that route. They don't. They don't go there at all. They leave it all alone. Um, I absolutely loved the the nostalgia points. I think think Ace and Tegan may be slightly underused in this, slightly underused, but I think that comes from the fact that, that we were putting so much in it but i think what it does do for their characters is it gives them a moment albeit brief moment with their doctors even though it's a uh digital interface 
it's still the heart of you know the hearts of the doctor uh and so i thought that was nice to have be able to get those little interactions with between sophie aldred and uh sylvester mccoy and uh janet fielding and uh, peter davison and you know in, obviously in character that was neat to see them back together and have those moments together so um i was a little i, I thought they had way more of a role than i expected I, oh, is I that kinda, right? Yeah, I, I kind of thought they would be glorified cameos of oh, five minutes of screen time to help establish this mystery, and then we never see them again. I didn't think they would actually be in on the action, which yeah, I was thoroughly yeah. uh, enjoyed. Well, and 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 in typical Chibnall fashion, that could have easily happened, and so I was glad it wasn't. And I, I'm not saying that I felt that they were underserved. I just felt like they maybe could have been a little bit more even than what we got, but. Um, I, I just, from start to finish, I, I didn't realize this was going to be nearly two hours. I think it's like an hour, hour 40 something or hour 45, somewhere around there. I had no idea it was going to be that long. Um, so I was, when, when it started and it, it was already felt like they were cramming a bunch of stuff in, I thought, oh, how are we going to get all of this in the, you know, into an hour? And then when I kind of looked at the runtime, I was like, oh, wait a minute. They've got some time to flesh this out. Um, I thought, uh, the master hiding out as Rasputin in the, uh, you know, early 1900s was, or late 1800s was great. Yeah. Um, I loved that. I thought that was amazing. I guess it was the early 1900s was, was amazing. That was so, so much fun. I absolutely loved the dance <laughs> number from, by, uh, Boney M's, uh, Rasputin. I just, Oh, that was so good. So much reminiscent too of Saxon's mat, the Saxon master mm-hmm. doing the, the dance, uh, when, you know, he's, uh, de age or aging up, uh, the 10th doctor has him, uh, trapped, uh, captured, uh, kind of a harken back to that. Um, God, there's so much good in this. I'm going to turn it over to somebody else, and, and I'll I'll think of more things that were great. Yeah, I agree with a lot of you. What you said, Glenn. It's it may be a little overbloated, but it's also a very fitting end for the thirteenth for Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. I mean, it's it. I there's not her run has been up and down and a little rocky and the story kind of reflects a little bit of that too there's there's some issues with the plot but it fits together well enough that as you watch it you and you just are along for the ride and have a lot of fun while while going through it all it hits all the emotional notes you want it to hit in a regeneration story it you know the, the the nostalgia factors are off the charts. It feels like Chibnall finally decided to. I, I don't know if he just decided to lean into it because of the classic Doctors, but there are so many more references than we've ever had in Chibnall's run throughout the entire thing. I mean, even the Master says he has to dress for the occasion. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> he makes a uh, the movie reference i mean chibnall who has shied away from so much of this history in the past really leaning into it i think helps make the story better yeah yeah this is all right sean why did you hate this <laughs> i didn't hate it um let me make that clear off the bat off the top just I like not just like it. the rest of her run no i i, I didn't hate it <laughs> It's a difficult one to review, uh, genuinely, because I, I feel like it's a beautiful disaster 
<laughs> there are you're, you're absolutely right. There's way too much crammed into it. You, you we've got a heist on the train with this big high energy thing. That's well, just the, a good open. I mean, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good open. Um, we've got the the Dalek plot. Um, we've got the Cybermen stealing the um, the, the the what initially is a kid and turns out to be an alien. We've got Mondo's 2.0. We've got the Master impersonating Rasputin because, of course, he would be Rasputin. I'm shocked that it's been 60 years and we've not had the Master as Rasputin before now. <laughs> because as soon as I saw it, I went, well, duh. You know, I mean, it just made so much sense and it was wonderful. Um, but you've got that. You've got uh, the, the Dalek incursion. You've got a Dalek turning on its race to give the doctor this, uh, you know, information. You've got uh, a, a farewell to Dan. You've got incoming companions. You've got new unit at headquarters. You've got just on and on and on and on and on with stuff. Any one of these ideas would have been an episode. Any one of them you could have picked and done a whole thing on it. And instead, we cram all of it in and do this very convoluted, quote-unquote, master plan where the master is behind everything and it's all tied together in order to force steel regenerations from, from the doctor in order to tarnish her reputation. Well, I think his also okay. idea was to kill her. Uh, he well, wasn't gonna like give her back a regeneration. Yeah, no. I mean, but, he, I mean, he, he was taking he was over gonna, her he body. Was take. He, he was essentially doing what he's tried to do two times in the past. Exactly. And actually um, succeeds for a little while this time. It, 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 so in in a way, it was just kind of a retread. It was like, well, we've seen that before, but that's very much the master in general. It, yeah. It's it's kind of he he only has one or two ideas and just how grandiose they are. Um, and so. In, in in that when you look at the when you look at the plot of this thing it doesn't make a lick of sense there, there's no part of this that you can look at from a story structure standpoint and go yeah okay but having said that there's so much fan service that's spackled on on top of it that it's kind of like you know what I, I'm, I'm really kind of okay it's a special it, it, it essentially is a, a special. It's a movie link special. It's an RTD style special. It's a regeneration special. It's a regeneration special. I don't expect plot when I go into those. So I'm kind of okay with you just pulling out all the stops and doing a big bang, knock them dead adventure story and throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks and wowing me with, you know, whatever the next moment is. Uh, that, that you're going to, you know, pull up, whether it's a companion, uh, you know, that I, I didn't expect to see or a doctor that I didn't expect to see <laughs> or, or several, uh, or several. <laughs> several doctors um, or, uh, you know, a, a villain coming back or, uh, you know, or whatever. Uh, it, it just kind of, you know, they, they, they kept going with it. And yeah, you could complain very easily, I think, about the fact that there was so much fan service to it. That it just was so self-serving, but you know what? It's it's a, a it's it's an anniversary. It's celebrating the BBC. It's reaching back into the past and going, you know, look how much fun this show is. And yeah, it, it was made for the fans. I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I had fun, and yes, I had a big stupid grin plastered on my face through most of it. I was able to let go of my problems with the plot because ultimately I didn't care. 
you know, it doesn't matter what the master's plan is. It doesn't matter. The doctor's going to win. Uh, although <laughs> ostensibly she did not, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we got to see, I mean, when, when you, when you, when you bring back ACE and then you put her in the jacket and then you give her the baseball bat mm-hmm. and then you send her into an active volcano to go smash up Daleks and then you bring Graham back. <laughs> Do I care why or the danger levels that are involved with these two characters? No. Or, or how Ace he is... even wound up there in the first place. Yeah. Ace is going to smash something with a bat. I'm, I'm is, giddy is, with excitement. Is anybody shipping Graham and Ace now? Because I totally oh, am. Yeah. I totally, totally am. I totally am. Um. I can oh, kind of excuse the nonsense plot because it is a master plot. So the master, especially this master, is a little unhinged, uh, kind of like Saxton was. This so is his I, most unhinged, I think. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, after being, you know, abandoned on Gallifrey and having to escape and survive, etc., and having the Cyperium and, in his head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of these things lead to a mad doctor, a mad master, and. So his plot's not going to probably make the most sense and stretch to make it work anyways. So that lets me be okay with the overall plot not making sense because it's the master behind it all. Had somebody else been behind it or had, you know, the Daleks had more agency and independence in the story, I would have had more issues with the overall plot because then it wouldn't make sense for the Daleks. But since the master is behind it all it it makes me go okay it's that's just it it. doesn't make a whole lot of sense it's it's kind of like the joker's plot in the dark Knight. that doesn't make a lick of sense either but we all love the movie it's Mm -hmm. it's it is a madman's plan is what it is and they don't they don't make any you know they don't hide that fact at all he has gone insane this is the most and it's all based off of revenge yes and that's just it and he and while we've seen him steal bodies and we've seen him attempt to steal the doctor's regenerations, we've never actually seen him force regenerate and, you know, put himself as the doctor. I think that was one of the most unique things about it as while it has shades of other attempts in the past, it very much was unique to this. We've never seen anybody, do that and become the doctor you know what i mean that was that was what was i think really amazing about that and when that happened i sort of thought where can they possibly go with this where how can they mm-hmm. possibly get out of this and how how dare you sideline jody whitaker in her last story and then they come up with a way to keep her as much involved in order to help yaz get it you know reverse it and get it back and by having the the interface, you know, I, I, I liked that. I thought it was cool. It could have easily been a, oh, my gosh, that was a cheat. But it didn't feel like a cheat at all. It really felt. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that the interface was able to shift into those past doctors uh, personalities in order to, you know, have those those uh, heartfelt conversations with the other companions as well. How about uh, Paul McGann finally, after twenty, well, almost thirty years, uh, finally gets to be in a episode <laughs> proper, <laughs> a televised <laughs> <Finally>. episode, <laughs> not a not a special, not a webisode, not a not a uh, audio, an actual Doctor Who episode. 
I hold true with my theory that he is just so awesome that uh, we can only have him in small doses on television. <laughs> and that uh, it's been long enough since Night of the Doctor that they thought we could handle just a little bit more. <laughs> it, uh, it certainly, I, I agree with everybody on Twitter who's going, so we're ready for a full series of him now. <laughs> um, I, I was so, so very glad that the snark was in full effect. I don't do robes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought all of the doctors were wearing the same robe. They all had different versions yeah, of the different. robe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had to pay really close attention to, to, to determine that. I think My the other... My jaw just dropped on all of that. I did, had no... <laughs> I, I, there was something in, in the cameos at the end that I got spoiled on, but those I had no idea of and just couldn't believe what was actually happening as it was going. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea any of that was coming. I didn't None. either. And what was kind of cool about it is I think though, I, I, I'm convinced that Chibnall was a fan of the, uh, Virgin new adventure books. And I think the part of, part of the reason I say that is because this, this, like, I think I called the guardians of the edge. This was really lifted from an idea similar that was similarly done in i can't remember which book it was time war uh, time worm revelation i believe that was there's four of those ones. So, yeah time time worm revelation i believe is the one that there's something very similar happens when the seventh doctor is sort of trapped in his own mind he comes across previous uh uh generations of himself in much the same way. And I think even to the point where he will be talking to one version and then it will suddenly become another version. So I could tell that Chibnall sort of lifted that idea from that story or, or at least, and, and my other reasoning for that is, is because they talk about Ace. Uh, now Ace has been an anomaly and this, this further complicates, <laughs> further complicates the issue that we have with Ace Beyond Survival. But this story chooses to tell us that the Doctor and Ace had a falling out because she was tired of the manipulations. And this very much could have been... It goes both New Virgin and it goes Big Finish. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. That's it duration. certainly does. But I think for... Big uh, from Virgin New Adventures, I think, is even more so because they really do have a falling out relatively early in the series, and she ends up leaving him. She goes, she just, she can't, she cannot tolerate. Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to get a giveaway, but but something that he does, he she can't stand it. Now, in those books later, she does end up coming back, uh, and and they do end up, you know, to, traveling together again for at least a short time, but. I think that that was to me that was Chimnal going. You know, this was uh, this was something that happened here, and he kind of plucks that and uses that as you know. Well, we don't know what happened between them, so let's have a little dialogue here to say they had a falling out and separated, and and both of them are regretful of that. So it's um yeah there, there's there's a we're gonna have to do a whole special on ace's timeline i think at some point yeah. <laughs> try, and, try and pin this thing down because uh much like uh you know it's multiple choice much like the joker's backstory at this point 
Um, but I guess, you know, considering the time war has uh, mucked up so much of uh, things and we've had at least two rebootings of the universe, you can you can chalk that up to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would be easier, though, if it affected other companions, but it only seems to affect her. So um, I think one of the things that I... I well, blame Braxitel. I think, well, that's just it. That's what <laughs> yeah. that's what mm-hmm. my head can and does, is there has been some hoops to jump through to explain the different uh, amalgamations of Ace in expanded media. And so... I choose to believe that maybe she remembers all the way up to leaving him the first time during the new adventures. And beyond that, she has no memory because when Braxtell drops her off on earth during the time war and erases her memory, I think that maybe he doesn't erase it clear back to, uh, you know, necessarily survival but to a point where she leaves the doctors and that's the last thing she remembers so everything still in her life could have happened but she doesn't remember that i think the only problem that i have now is this unfortunately contradicts that really great uh book that sophie aldred just wrote last year or two years ago uh, mm-hmm. where she meets the <laughs> 13th doctor i just finished the silly book like up two months ago was that and, uh, childhood's end yeah childhood's yeah. end and so i'm really a little disappointed that now i have to figure out how to make that work but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see maybe that happened during the now because i get the impression that childhood's hood end takes place after braxville has dropped her off it's not alluded to in any way but that's kind of how I had placed it before. So I suppose we'll see. Anyway, we're getting way too complicated into that. How about <laughs> Tegan? Tegan back. Yeah, Tegan Brave was heart, great. Tegan. She was great. Um, I, I like her favorite, that her favorite expletive? One. Rabbits. <laughs> oh, rabbits. <laughs> and the fact that she, you know, she was the one struggling with, you know, meet, seeing the doctor again. I thought that was... Yes. Very nice. Yes. Yes. Um, and really, it should have been A's because of the trauma of everything with seven. I don't think the fifth doctor really even needed to give her that pep speech. I mean, I'm glad he did, and it works really well for that scene. But she was already being so brave by going back and not leaving um, Kate Eight. on her own. I was yeah. so impressed by that. I thought that was such a noble thing. Now, part of that's because she didn't. Want, you could tell she didn't want to drop off that roof, but <laughs> but <laughs> to go back and decide that she was going to help Kate and not leave her behind—that was really cool. I felt. I felt. Speaking of Kate, I felt Kate actually had more to do this time. I think that 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 was been my most frustrating thing about. Kate Stewart in this Chibnall era is she's had, she's been on screen. Well, she's been in episodes twice and both times you did nothing with her. You just showed her up as, as, Hey, look, we have a former, we have a former companion or not companion. We have a former person in the doctor's life here. You know, after he previously shut down unit. Right. Exactly. So giving her something to do, I was very pleased with that, that she actually had something to do. And the, the whole, you know, the the, the uh, negotiating on behalf of the rest of her, uh, well, the rest of unit to you know, spare them and take me. That was a, a mm-hmm. noble move on her part as well. Although, 
it could still be argued that Chibnall does apparently have it out for unit. Because, yes, he brought them back. Yay! Only, and he gave them a brand new building. Yay! Only to destroy it. Only to destroy it. I mean, there was still a fresh coat of paint on the thing. And to to once again show just how ineffective they are, <laughs> you know. Oh, we're we're prepared for a Cyberman incursion. We have gold bullets. Uh, we've evolved beyond the need for you know. Well, I'm glad great. they at least acknowledge <laughs> you that. Know. I mean, as silly as that is. <laughs> okay, that's a thing now. Um, and then yeah, we're just going to implode the building and collapse it and and leave it. Uh, I, I enjoyed her her particularly, and this is probably another callback. But her 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 word use, it'll blow up the building and leave everything within entombed. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't know if anybody else caught that, but <laughs> I heard her say it, but didn't it didn't land until you just said it. <laughs> oh yeah, I was there. I was like, I see what you did there. Um, I was also disappointed of her reaction of how is it bigger? Kate should know how it's bigger. <laughs> She's never been inside. Hasn't she- it. Hasn't she been She's inside? She's never it? been inside. Well, she it, right? should never still at least know how it's you know how it works and how it's supposed to be bigger, just based off of the history. Well, sure, but don't you still think if you stepped into that, you'd still be an awe and think, "How is it bigger?" <laughs> I, I like I like to think of that more as Kate's scientific brain taking over. Yeah, right. How right, is it bigger? Right. It's it's not the it's not the wonder of it it's the oh, mechanics of I, it. I, I i think she had all of, of i think she i think her scientific brain shut off and she was just <laughs> she was just in awe she was like how i mean she finally she's inside the stardust how is it bigger <laughs> i guess i didn't think kate would react that way there has to be a bigger on the inside moment i know there has to be and there she was the be. only one that could do it right because everyone else had been in there but I, I guess I didn't feel like the story needed it either because Kate's been around long enough and I felt like she should, you know, even if it wasn't on screen, would have popped into 11s or 12s TARDIS at some points. Yeah. And all of her stuff with, you know, Missy and, and back in 12s time, I, I would think she would have figured out and understood and wrapped her brain around it so she wouldn't be wowed by it. That's my only disappointment with I Kate. Know. I just, story. I think that when you're, when you things on paper are often logical, and then when you're put in a situation that seems to defy logic, I think I can still see somebody just in that moment thinking, "Wow, how is this done?" You know, I can see it. I totally can see that. I can see it. I um, I particularly liked the conversation with Five and Tegan when. She was she 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 still had a lot of pent up anger, um, which I, I I think is justified really, and seeing him finally, you know when when the when the hologram morphed and changed into him, and she was able to kind of get it all off her chest, and you know, say what am I thinking with all these Cybermen here, and he shuts her down, Adric. Adric. And that was kind of her realizing that yes, he does remember, and yes, he does yeah, hurt just as that's much. What I got out of that, and yeah. just sucked all the wind out of her sails. Yep. And kind of it it put that anger to bed in a way. And I was I was very happy with that. 
I was less happy with back to the plot element of I'm going to fall down this gigantic elevator shaft and then in the next scene run into the room as if nothing happened. It was like, <laughs> okay, Stegan apparently bounced. <laughs> I think she managed. I think she managed to grab the edges of the thing and slow herself down. We just yeah. didn't see her burned we, hands. We just, <laughs> we, we just didn't see it. <laughs> It was a moment of oh no, what's happening next? That they we didn't it didn't pay off. I agree. I I think that that was a bit of a cheat, but and maybe well, there is an ed- maybe there was a scene that got edited out. That's, there's an editing flaw there for sure. <laughs> Although we don't see her bounding out into the next room until after we've cut away from another scene. So yes. they did leave it That's in true. a oh what happened to Tegan kind of thing. Yes, it, it was it was a cliffhanger that was not resolved. I was unhappy with that. <laughs> well, it is units building, so they probably it has some sort of mechanism that senses somebody falling and it just inflates a big giant like, you know, bubble thing at the bottom to catch you. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. This, we'll go that's my it. story and I'm sticking that's to it. <laughs> Uh, vendor coming back was a, yeah, a lovely surprise. Yeah. Oh, you know what though? Um, I, I had a love hate relationship with the fact that they wrote Dan out so early. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I saw him leaving and I thought maybe he'll show back up, but to be quite frank. I think they did a, they actually did the character a service by giving him a nice goodbye and then kind of moving him out of the way so that they, because I think it could have been even more bloated had he stuck around and it would have felt like there was way too much. And I think that uh, the 13th Doctor and Yaz sort of needed that last time together kind of thing in order to put the the capstone on that relationship. And so I'm kind of glad. I, at first I was like, oh, don't let him leave so soon. But then later on I kind of thought, you know what, I'm kind of glad that they maneuvered it that way so that he wasn't kind of a fifth wheel this whole time too. So. Yeah, he was very unceremoniously shuffled off right at the beginning. Um, and it was unfortunate. But quite honestly, there just wasn't room for him yeah. in the story. So it's, what are you gonna do? I don't even know that it was unceremonious because I mean it was number one. It's his. De- it, was... it was. It was his decision. His his realization. And even though the doctor, because she's not good with goodbyes, you know, turns and goes back into the TARDIS, Yaz and him have that moment too. And I think it was done really well. I thought it was. I think it was written from the show really well. It wasn't. You know, Dodo left well, it was off better screen. Than Dodo. Yeah, Dodo left <laughs> off screen, and Ben and Polly had to deliver the message that she wasn't coming back. It was better than Dodo. I'll give you that. <laughs> I like I, I liked his departure. I thought it was good. Vendor, I felt, if it hadn't been a regeneration story, he would have. We he wasn't really needed in the overall plot of the story too right. much. I mean, he was there to kind of catch the master unawares and the TARDIS once at the end. But yes. really, he 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 was there for the bringing back everyone to say goodbye sort of situation right. more than anything else, mm-hmm. which I mean, they could have done Dan with that or not even, I'm sure they could have easily found a way around it other than wanting to bring the character back. Does anybody know why Ryan didn't return? Well, they made a, they made a drop line. I know there was of where he line. was, but I don't know why. I mean, the act, I, I suppose I mean the actor, why he didn't. I, I don't. Other than I saw that he was making some new movie somewhere. Maybe that's why. He was in Geneva. Although I don't, don't know how long ago that was. Right. So when they filmed this, 
Oh, he. I, what I saw was he was going to be in the next Kid and Play movie. So that's a oh. future thing. Not, <laughs> not. Um, There's going to be a new Kid and Play movie. They're rebooting it. Oh, and then the uh, as as Keith alluded to earlier that he got spoiled on the the companion, <laughs> companions the anonymous, device, the support group meeting. <laughs> yeah, support that group. was lovely. That was great. So I, I got. Uh, as well spoiled i saw a, a photo of katie manning uh and so i knew that she was going to show up at some point um but i didn't know the context until the end when graham started explaining and i went oh this is perfect this is it and they were showing all these faces it was like oh 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 and then william russell yeah <laughs> and i broke there's joe I... and there's um Ian and there's Mel. And wait a minute, how did Mel get back here from Ice World? <laughs> Not to mention, she's also from like the 25th century. What the heck is she doing in this time? Well, you know, my my spoiler was I saw a picture of Ian Russell on the or of uh, William Russell as like a group photo, and I my my eyes zoomed in on him and I was like, nope, nope, go away. <laughs> so I, I didn't know the other people were going to show up. I knew he was at some point. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know what it is, but just, just seeing, just seeing Ian there, uh, that was the, oh, and yeah. you know, that was the warm caramel center at the middle of the Tootsie Roll Pop that I just, that's why they show Mel before they show him because mm -hmm. so that I, you, you go, what the heck is Mel doing? Oh, Ian's here. <laughs> you forget all about Mel. Right. right, right. So somebody asked on Twitter, has, has, has now a, a record been set by William Russell having played the same character on television for the longest term as far as number of years <laughs> from 1963 to now? Uh, that's probably could be said to be true now at this point. It's at least That's the longest question. run in the show itself. Yeah. I mean, at least not not necessarily, you know, concurrently, right? Because there were, there were breaks, obviously, but but still, <laughs> That's a heck of a run. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people so are also commenting cool. that there was an empty chair in that scene, which I didn't notice until I went back and watched it. Yeah, that was Sarah's. Mm. That was Sarah's chair. Yeah, she was. That what there. we're thinking? She wasn't there yet. She hadn't made it yet. She was she was running late. Even though we had the lockdown where we established. Uh... Oh, that's right, we did, didn't we? Yeah, I forgot yeah, we yeah. had established that. Yeah. Well, then that's probably there was just an empty chair for her, or it was just a chair forever held for Sarah. I mean, it could have been Stevens too, or Dodo for that matter. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although, based off temporal, temporal logbook three, Dodo won't be making that meeting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Afterwards, I my brain started going, okay, who who wasn't there? Who should have been? And then my I stopped myself and said, stop being a selfish fan and enjoy who was there. <laughs> stop That's wanting right. more That's right. and appreciate who you got. Good, good for you, Keith. That's a good right you, attitude. Keith. Right attitude. I still want to know why Mel was there. <laughs> Not that no I dislike not that yeah. I dislike Mel. Or not that I dislike Bonnie Langford, but just that that 
I looked at that. I went, oh, there's Mel. Wait a minute. <laughs> How's that work? Once uh, I saw her pop up, I had, I remembered a headline I had seen wondering <laughs> if RTD was bringing Mel back. So that was, uh, this, that was obviously in reference to this, yeah, just yeah, in the yeah. wrong context. Well, then, of course, wrapping it up, we get uh, Jody's regeneration scene, and it is which was then... a lovely scene. It was. I, it really, I was. really liked her regeneration and her goodbye to Yaz on top of the TARDIS. So yep. it only hurts because of how great it was. Line, and then that the fact that the emotion was there with her and not in the actual goodbye for her that it was a moment of joy and enjoying, you know, life which has kind of been this doctor's MO more than a lot of others, enjoying the little things, enjoying finding the joy in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doctor has always been a part of that. So I like that they continued that and not made it a big tearful goodbye once she kind of went through all the stages of grief there at the end because yes. she went from denial to mad. I don't want to go. I'm, it's not fair. And then kind of every she goes through it all and, it was really nice to see them go through that. Yes, agreed. And then we get confirmation that um, David Tennant is actually returning as the 14th Doctor. It's not the 10th Doctor. It's not a flashback. It's not a, 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 a time zone thing. It is actually he has now become a third incarnation of the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. And what... Uh... What an, what an opening line. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, a, what a callback. Wait, no. His opening line was, wait, well, his opening these, line. Teeth. I these teeth. I know these teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, what? What? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I appreciate the fact that, that uh, uh, the Doctor has finally learned to step out of the TARDIS and not destroy it <laughs> to regenerate <laughs> well this uh, is i saw on tardis wiki this is the f- first this is only the second regeneration outside the tardis really yeah all so the other ones ta- have been inside the tardis her, her tweet and, baker no because he doesn't re- he regenerates inside the tardis still it's so no, no he doesn't he, yeah, he's re- lying on the he's floor. He's on the floor unit. unit when he regenerates. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, and, so it's the third. And then uh, Baker into uh, Baker. I was, I was well, Baker into Davison. He's on the ground underneath the radio tower, so he's not in the TARDIS. Okay, so the TARDIS Twiki's way wrong. It must Unless be. they're commenting on just new who. Well, it referenced. I can't find it now, but it referenced uh, the maybe it was the first regeneration outside the TARDIS since the movie. That could be, yeah. Because that might have been how he, he regenerated in, in the movie outside the TARDIS as well. Yeah, because Eccleston was inside. Um, Eccleston to Tenet was inside. Tenet to Tenet was inside. Inside, yeah. Tenet to Matt Smith was inside. Matt Smith to Capaldi was inside. Yeah. Capaldi to Jody was inside. So they must have met New Who. Maybe they did, yeah. yeah. Or just since previously. Well, I think we're being pedantic. Yeah. That's the same thing. <laughs> At any rate, she she finally stepped outside to regenerate and not blow the ship up, right, which I thought right. was was very nice. And then I felt cheated because of all of the TARDIS 
interiors that should have been blown <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, but now I think that the that uh, the 14th Doctor is going to go back inside and just flip the switch to reset the uh got reset the desktop. The uh, desktop. I don't know that he'll go back to the uh, uh coral coral, <laughs> but I think that uh he will he will certainly change it. I might is it just me? I I, I noticed this that there was a the doctor had installed a uh, a red alert klaxon in the control room with every time something happened there was this red light that everything got bathed in is that new have i missed that well it was new the 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 pillars and stuff never changed color until the yeah story. every everything went to this red and it's kind of like that's a little too star trekky for me I, I i like the cloister bell being the impending warning of doom <laughs> But I'm, be, I'm being very nitpicky, I understand. But yeah, not, I'm just, I am, I'm not going to be sad to see that console room go. <laughs> I really am not going to be sad to see it go. I am sad to see Jody go. So then, of course, grown by the fact that his clo- the clothes changed too. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, it's, yeah. it's only weird if you have been watching the new series because <laughs> the clothes changed <laughs> very early on in uh, the. Wow. Uh, from for, from one to two, the clothes yeah. change. That's the only one, though, isn't it? Yep. I believe so. Yeah. I was. So okay. It's only happened twice. I was okay with it. Um, <laughs> In so thirteen regenerations, it's only happened twice. So are you uh, fourteen? So are you? Um, you know, you, War Doctor was in. Yeah, there. fourteen. Um, yeah. Where, where are you guys? Okay with the fact that uh, David Tennant's going to play the 14th Doctor at least for three specials? I don't know how I feel about it still. I'm a little disappointed that it's actually opening that door to have him come back as the Doctor again. It seems like a very slippery slope. Sean? Um... Would I have rather it had been Paul McGann? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I'm 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 still kind of in a state of shock over it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's always a thrill when a previous doctor comes back to the role. And usually it's in, oh, I recorded this hologram or a multi-doctor special or a... You know, we, we, we find ways of cheating and getting around it in order to make it happen. And it's always a big fan event that sends us into fits of giddiness. And so to actually regenerate into a previous self, it does lend some some weight to uh, what um, the caretaker says. Curator. The curator. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say things. I was gonna say to Keith that that slope actually started before this. That slope I, started I years ago. <laughs> I know it did. So um, my thing is, there there were a lot of people, and I, I think they're mostly classic fans. And there's, I say a lot. I've seen a few comments about, oh gosh, David Tennant, you bring him back, David Tennant, blah blah blah. Number one, David Tennant is probably my second or third favorite Doctor. Ten is my second favorite Doctor, but I'm a, I'm an I'm a, a uh, anomaly as among classic fans. But the way I look at it is. This is very much the same that we, in the 50th anniversary, when Tom shows up and he's playing another incarnation of the Doctor, albeit in the future, or it's presumed, and 
we all went, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. Like, you know, Tom's back. It was a nice moment for those of us that grew up in the classic series. I think this is this next generation's moment that they get to see a doctor that many people came to age, came of age watching, return into the role. And so I think it's a good idea. I think it is a soft selling way to bring fans back that may have distanced themselves during this Chibnall uh, Whitaker era. And I think it, it was a great idea. I think that David Tennant's always brought a love and energy to the role. And I'm actually really looking forward to three specials of him as the doctor. I just, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I think I may have, I wouldn't have been as good by it had they, and they rightfully did this the correct way, had they not already announced that Shooty Gatwa was going to be, would, would become mm-hmm. the doctor. And, and so number one, this maybe was not so much a surprise that this happened because we'd already seen Tenet shooting the, uh, 60th anniversary specials. Well, but, they announced that he was going to be in it. So yes. And so having them already haven't announced it, I think was the right way to do it. And then showing us in the next time trailer that we see Shooty Gatwa questioning what the heck's going on here. So <laughs> I think that was, that was a nice soft sell on, Hey, guess what? Everything's fine. This is how we're going to do this. And we're going to show, we're going to do some, we're going to tell you some amazing storytelling and get you into the, the next series proper. So it's all, super exciting. For me, it's all going to, it's all going to come down to how and why it's David Tennant again. I, I, I have, I have a, a feeling that there's going to be a plot reason why it's his face again. Um, instead of just a random thing. Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, honey, you're you're so cute thinking they're going to answer this. <laughs> no, I think they will. I think they will. Just like they, they did with Capaldi. Well, they did eventually with Capaldi. They did, yeah. Yeah. See? It's a fa- to remind me to be kind. Uh-huh. Right, right. Yeah. Well, at least they acknowledged it. <laughs> hey, it made sense. It was one dropped line. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they kept that misdrip of why this face, why this face. They did they they played that through a couple of stories. So, I guarantee it's because Moffat didn't know. <laughs> he was just he was because he wanted to cast Capaldi, and then once he did, he was like, "I'm going to have to address this at some point, aren't I?" Well, I'll build a mystery into it. Why this face? He's not. And then the, he couldn't come up with anything. He's not. He's not the first one to do that, though. They had to do that with Martha because <laughs> she yeah. played she played her quote unquote cousin in in the. Uh, <laughs> previous seasons so (laughs) So do do you think this is kind of the same thought process as so you know rose was such a beloved companion and then we 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 would have gone to 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 martha and we we kind of speculated that nobody would have really given her a chance so we inserted this really quote-unquote horrible donna episode so that everybody would have hated her and then softened on uh, uh, Martha when she came along. That's a is theory. That's, a, that is a, the same idea. That is a theory that I still have never bought. And that was, that was a fan theory or somebody, your friend's theory or something. And I, I still don't, I don't buy that, that that was the reason that was done. You don't think so? No, no, no. That was a stunt casting is all that was. She, uh, Catherine Tate was a huge popular comedic actress at the time. And Russell T Davis loved her and he wanted to work with her. And that's the only reason she got cast Had nothing to do with the fact that they were soft selling Martha, but I'm not going to get on that soapbox. So (laughs) (laughs) again, right. (laughs) 
but so so David Tennant coming back is the fact that it's only for three episodes. Had it been had had shooting not been announced and it just was ongoing, I would have bigger problems with to to address that point though that you I while I don't uh, agree that that was the case with with Donna as far as Martha goes. I think that that this is probably, and I think I said that when I was praising the fact that they did it this way. I think this is a soft sell. I think this is a way, I don't think it's a way to get us into shooty because, you know, to to give him a chance. I think this is a more of a way to distance the show from the Chibnall era. I think is what it is. You know what I think it is? Shooty's busy. He wouldn't have been able to film the 60th anniversary, and they wanted to make sure they had something for the 60th anniversary. That's, that's what I think. It yeah, is. that's good. Oh, that's very possible. That's, yeah, that's a good sex point. Education. So they, yeah, the they found the contract yet or something. Yeah, or, or that's when they were filming the next season or whatever. And so, yeah. I, and I think he has something else coming up I fairly big, too. So it's like he's a busy guy, too. So yeah, they needed I, to have a 60th anniversary special. Let's bring back a classic uh a, a previous doctor and make this work so we still yeah. have content for the 60th year but they still could have done it as a flashback though the fact well, yeah. that they've gone out of their way to confirm yes he is the 14th doctor and shooting guy will be the 15th which technically is well, still now inaccurate since we've had the master doctor but <laughs> yeah have you seen well, the list have you seen the list of incarnations now <laughs> somebody i think holly posted holly uh uh, fan five-ish fan girls uh, uh, repost. I think it might have been Gary Yeager that posted it first, but anyway, um, no, I, I, uh, the contract thing. I think that's kind of a that's a old school thing of the past. I don't think they have contract things anymore because so many people do so many different projects now without uh, competing. But contract Not aside, contract, well, that, but no, I, that's what I'm saying. Filming I'm, conflict. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's contract, as Sean said, but I think it is definitely filming schedule as you guys both are, are were saying so he's probably Very just popular. got a lot of projects he's a he's a popular guy now so he's, he's, they don't want to spread him too thin mm-hmm. hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the doctor who target book club podcast the only podcast to discuss in story order all the doctor who novelizations my name is tony whip And every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including... Dalton Hughes. And... Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, well, what do we got coming up next on the schedule? Well, coming up next on the schedule, unfortunately, Doctor Who is still not on. Um, and for a whole other year. A whole year, <laughs> which is terrible. Um, but we do have more more who just not televised for you uh starting with uh temporal logbook three we are still in our little uh, mini hiatus uh from our time war reviews and we'll be taking a look at the uh, recent pencil tip publishing uh, uh book it's an anthology series of short stories about how the doctor's uh, 
in interactions with people has changed their lives. And it's uh, one that's near and dear to my heart because I have a story in it. So I'm very uh, excited and proud of that. Um, but 13 wonderful short stories from uh, wonderful authors, and we will be kind of going through them. Uh, so I guess I should uh, warn you now, spoilers will abound. It is a charity book. If you have not picked up your copy, I encourage you to do so uh, because all the funds go to Settled, which is a, uh, a an organization that helps people uh, dealing with the kind of fallout of uh, the UK's um, removal of themselves from the uh, European Union and uh, kind of uh, the fallout of that from some of these people who are now kind of stranded in the UK and, and what they're going to do with it. Um, so uh, all proceeds go to that charity, which is a, always a good thing. But uh, we will be covering that book and then getting back into the Time War with uh, some more Paul McGann, uh, Eighth Doctor, Time War 3 and 4 coming up. So more good stuff to come. And you can find us at our website, travelingthevortex.com. If you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that become by uh, joining our Patreon, and uh, you can do that when you become a patron of our podcast. You unlock more audios and specials by us, and if you could give just even $1 a month, that helps us keep the lights on here at Traveling the Vortex. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. That helps us bump uh, up in the ratings and recommendations for others to find our show. Anything else we need to talk about before we close this show? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. No, I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who podcast network.